0: Hey, this is Bob and the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, And brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That's what we do around here. No Woo. one is to die this week. Not you, not Elijah, oh. not me. Because we've had... Not only are we having... The attic population dying. We've got we've got cast members here dying. We can't have this anymore. No more dying till till Christmas or something. <laughs> Stop dying. Don't okay. die
1: until Christmas. You guys, <laughs> not that long. We can do it.
0: I always figure I may not know whether I have cancer or not right now, but even if I do, I'm, I'll still live through Christmas. I'll still most likely. I mean, wow. the only You've person I knew, that st- I'm
1: touching like, wood for you. You do that all well, the time. Why do you put that shit but, out there?
0: But w- well, Easy was a, I was a huge Easy E fan, and literally he got diagnosed with AIDS and he was dead within a month. Like I would never seen anything like that, and that's you know, I guess he it was very advanced, and he just it was advanced something before he else. found out. Yeah, yeah. How would you not know that you're not like you're feeling all under the weather? I would imagine. I don't know what late stage AIDS feels like, but I do know well, what, what late stage it, drug addiction feels like. And you know, yeah, panda bears not feeling it. Bears don't even realize that they're pregnant, and
1: then they'll have a baby, and the baby annoys them because they're making noise, and sometimes they eat them. <laughs> so I mean, th- there's a lot of weird shit that happens no, in the world. Kidding me no i'm, I'm not, not so, it's just like they go they don't even realize they were pregnant then there's a baby it's making noise they're annoyed so they eat them
0: well see but what i know about like human beings my dad got sick then he had heart problems then he had to eat right and whatever he didn't have a heart attack he had blockage or i don't know then eventually he didn't do what they told him to do that was like another year and he stopped taking his blood thinning medicine, which he knew would cause um, uh, blood clots to form on his valves. And then he would have a stroke and die. It was his way of, it was his Catholic way of committing suicide. <laughs> it was, because it really wasn't his fault. Like, it's God's will. You know, he's just not taking this meds. I know how he thought. He was a devout Catholic every misery in his life was because of devout Catholicism so that's I, no it's true when my mom, my mom and he hated each other they stayed married because Catholics can't get divorced back then and then <laughs> and then he he caused his own miserable sad meandering death you know your religion dictated your decisions this is he got sick in 73 two 73 and he died in 76 right so you're talking about three and a half four years of just trying to do what the good book says or what the guys that don't have sex say the good book says <laughs> 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 right <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing so now divorce is okay go. so now but but i don't get it but so now divorce is okay now it's okay right. you know what i'm saying like it wasn't okay to get divorced. So my dad was miserable. My mom was miserable for my entire existence with them. And then then like 30 years later, divorce is totally okay with the church.
1: Yeah, they got jipped. Like, yeah. They got totally gypped. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I mean, they, they did get to live during the time where you could have one parent work and you could still afford to buy a house. Everybody could do that. But <laughs> they, they did pay the price. There was still some puritanical shit going on. And, uh, like the, the same things like what what happened with your mom doesn't happen anymore. You know, right. you, no, don't, you don't, you don't spirit someone away because they're pregnant. You, you flaunt it. No, no, you, you know, you put it, you put it on Instagram and say, my 12 year <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> so it,
0: it, everything's changed. And I, you know, the pendulum swung hard, but it, it I don't know. But Who the thing about the I'm point I'm trying to make is like, you can be really sick and dying and it, it drags on for years sometimes. So I always think, even Just if, if I'm, for- even, even <laughs> I'm open for, even, even, I'm for a long <laughs> out <cannot, no>. Unfortunately, <laughs> well, unfortunately, no, it's ar- not, what I'm trying to say is <laughs> other than accidents, nobody's going to die today or tomorrow or the next day. None of us, no one we know really, right? you'll know heart attacks, are, it, heart attacks are sneaky sneaky man well you know what that is you know i got a lot of conspiracy friends do you know that most of my friends are conspiracists chuck i don't believe i'm not i believe, surprised. Some, of, I believe some of them i think the government killed john f kennedy i think that is that is that wacko to think
1: uh, i don't know that that's even fringe i think there's <laughs> a lot of people that think that
0: <laughs> now
1: i I, no. I think he was but when you off a the, lot of people the,
0: So Keith Morris, P. Weiss, uh, my friend Dick Rude, Flea believes some crazy stuff. Flea believes, and more than just him, like there's a whole swath of my musician friends that believe Leonard Skinner's plane crashed because they were racist and Jimmy Page put a curse on them. (laughs) (laughs) He could have.
1: He did live in Aleister Crowley's Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Elijah laughed. <laughs> I laughed. Chuck did not laugh. You
0: believe that Jimmy
1: Page put a curse on Leonard Skinner? Uh, I I didn't say I believe it, but I said it's possible because <laughs> Crowley's house was built on land where a church burned down and people died, and then Jimmy Page moved into Crowley's place, and uh, he, um, he he well, got a, a he got a whole conspiracy.
0: That stuff. That's a whole conspiracy. God, we got to have Pete Weiss on again. So there's a whole conspiracy that believes. So here's who were friends. Are you ready for this? Uh, Alistair Crowley, L. Ron Hubbard, and Jack Parsons, the guy that started uh, JPL, yeah. the big Pasadena guy, and they were all apparently sex freak cult people. Did you Hubbard, know
2: this? Uh, yeah, Hubbard stole yeah. Parsons' girlfriend too.
0: Yeah, and so, but I guess Hubbard, uh, Hubbard, and Jack Parsons were the leaders, like they were older, Chuck, and like mm. L. Ron and Alistair were the younger guys just learning from the old wise cult leader guys. <laughs> and then yeah. Alistair Crowley starts the Church of uh, Satan or whatever, and L. Ron Hubbard uh, starts the Church of Scientology. Both named Church, right? Church of mm. Scientology, Church of, uh, of Satan, right? Uh,
2: Levee, LeVay is the Church LeVay. of Satan. Anton LeVay. Anton yeah, LeVay. Yeah.
0: And Al and Alistair, Alistair Crowley, Crowley was, was there older. too. So how about that? And that all comes from Pasadena. Mm-hmm. But here's my conspiracy. The medical profession, we have a for-profit medical system in America. So I've been taking all these herbs and vitamins for years, right? And I don't think they work. I do stem cells too. I don't think they work. I, I think they are anti-inflammatory. So when you're older... Anything that takes the swelling down makes you feel better. But so I take all this shit. Like I probably gummies and liquid drops and vitamins. I probably take like 30 things a day. Right, and so I've noticed that my eyesight—I'm not—I'm not nearsighted anymore. I don't need glasses to drive. I don't need glasses to watch TV. How is this happening? And uh, so I was talking to my friend Khalil, who's a big health and fitness guy, and he says, "Oh, name name some of the things that you're taking." And one of them that uh, got recommended by this nutritionist that works for Adam Carolla, or with Adam Carolla one of the things and one of the enzymes or one of the byproducts is that it, it helps your eyesight or something. And I was like, Oh my God. So I'm not saying it's a conspiracy. This is a fucking fact. I've been taking these things. I don't need glasses anymore. Chuck. I'm not, I'm not nearly as blind as I was five years ago. You need to tell me what that is. I,
1: I, I, uh, because my nose has been broken a couple, three times. Uh, it it snaps real easy here when I bonk it. So yeah. it's been hurting me to wear glasses the last few days because I've got an open bonk here. It snaps right up here. Well, at the I top. wear
0: gla- So get this. So, so I, 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 wear, want that, I, I want that. W- I want
1: those vitamins. So I I don't have to wear, wear my glasses.
0: I'll I'll get the name. It's like it's a it's a combo vitamin for um for immune health and brain health, or it's a brain health one or something. And um, because I'm trying to I'm trying to offset so many things, right? I'm trying to offset uh, you know, becoming Biden. I'm trying to offset. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. offset. You know, erectile dysfunction. I'm trying to offset all the things that sixty three year three year old people have, and it's working. But and and it, this miraculous thing. So I'm talking to him, and he goes, "Dude, everybody in my world knows that 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 substance, that extract, or that root, or whatever, can help." Correct. It's not going to fully correct, and I'm sa- I'm not saying I'm not seeing 2020 vision, but it's way better. I can drive without my glasses, whereas before I could not. So, so he. I said, well, why doesn't why don't people know about this? And he said, probably because there's a multi-billion-dollar industry in glassware, Warby Parker. There's a multi-trillion-dollar healthcare industry based on you know, optometrist and eyesight, you get tested your eyesight constantly in America, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all this, and there's all these different eye kind of special drugs and specialists and all this bullshit. And so if you did just say, oh, if you just take this pill for a couple of years, you won't have to have glasses. He said, you know, you'd lose what? 100,000 optometrist jobs, or you'd lose all these nursing staffs at optometrist offices, you'd lose the whole industry of glasses. And I said, well, I don't think you'd lose the industry of glasses. And he said, why? And I said, because I look weird without my glasses. So what I did was, (laughs) I I swear to God, I ordered glasses with regular, no lens, you know, no prescription in them. And that's what I'm wearing now, because I just, I have to have glasses on, but I can see fine. How crazy is that? But this is the healthcare system we have in America. Every time I go to get a new pair of glasses, they said, when's the last time your eyes been checked? And I was like, I don't know, five, six years ago. Oh, you got to get your eyes checked. You know what that is? $389. And then they tell me I'm a little worse. And so then Uh all the glasses that I have, the lenses need to be replaced to the new one. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah. It, and and so is hearing and so is pain management and so is so is joint pain and so is all this shit it's all just a for profit racket the american healthcare system is a for profit racket
1: okay so we had to start doing a new thing at in in treatment when people come in you know, when you do all the assessments and you do the GAD-7 and the P You got to do eyewear? You got to give them an eye no, test? <laughs> n- no, but but there's one that they, it's the pros and cons of MAT. And they listed the benefits of using Suboxone. Okay, the first one, just tell me if you agree with any of this. I don't have a problem with the first one. Facilitates safer withdrawal by relieving symptoms and controlling cravings. Yes. Number two reduces the risk of death due to overdose.
0: Mm, I mean, not even I, close. I wish. I
1: wish people are doing fentanyl on suboxone every day. Oh, I know. Well, yeah. Increases in retention in treatment with safer controlled medications. No increases retention in treatment decreases illegal drug use and with it the potential dangers
0: and legal consequences. There are no dangers. Oh, there's dangers. There's no legal consequences anymore. That needs to be removed. <laughs> and I like this prevents relapse when integrated with counseling and behavioral. 100%, prevents, 100% prevents relapse. it does not prevent relapse. 100% so I, it does. I think,
1: I think three of the five of the positives are complete nonsense. Four, the fourth one is questionable. I think it's great, but that's just me. But they have to read this paper and sign it. They have to sign these things. We have to do it legally. They have to know that these things are available, and those are the things they have to read, saying, oh, it's going to keep me from overdosing. Oh, it's going to keep me from relapsing. Well, That sounds wonderful. If I'm new and I know nothing about it, they've just sold me on this.
0: It's a legal
1: requirement now.
0: Listen, I was way against it. Then I saw the the value of it in that if it prevented kids from dying, that's the only thing I cared about.
1: Prevented one death. It's worth it. Right. It's
0: worth it. Right. And here's the thing. It existed before buprenorphine. I took it in the eighties when Elijah was a baby, I was shooting up suboxone when Elijah was two years old. (laughs) (laughs) And, and the thing was I didn't want to get strung out on it because I wanted to eventually get back to dope. I just used it. To go on the road really to you know or or to get my habit to come down right so if Mm -hmm. you're if you're up to a hundred dollars a day back then you're just like i can't afford this and i can't feel it so then i would switch to crack and suboxone and drinking for a couple weeks and then i'd test it out, and then i do $20 worth of heroin, and I'd feel it, and I'd be like, I'm good. Now I don't have to do the Suboxone. Uh, I, 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 I now don't know whether I can control doing the crack or not, but I now can enjoy heroin again. That was why I used it, how I used it for 10 years, probably. And I think most people, that's how they're using it now. You know, and there are some people that
1: say it works for them, and I think that's fucking great. That's great for them. I'm just saying that it's what I've seen <clears throat> in my experience. It hasn't worked for the majority. And I, I'm wondering why all of a sudden the state has this new requirement that we prove that they've been educated on the benefits that they have no, that, not Are they losing a, money?
0: That's not. Edu- no, th- I know what it is. That's not education. That's a public policy. That's a public health policy. They're hoping that if they can get everyone in the addict population on suboxone they can control them better. Just like methadone, meaning somehow it'll reduce the homeless problem. It'll reduce the, the, the shoplifting problem. Every public policy in California now, because all politicians are being held accountable for this um, crazy bash robberies and homelessness. Mm -hmm. It's being hung around their necks. Now, all of a sudden, all of them care. Remember 10 years ago when I was telling you, I went to Echo Park and I was like, you can't fucking live in Echo Park Lake. You motherfuckers. Well, I, the first time I saw a tent there, I was like, I thought it was that the the thing of the lake where they have all the lilies in the lake. <laughs> Do you know about that? <laughs> no, Echo I don't. Park, Echo Park has this flower celebration once a year. And they, you know, they not tents, but they have those like, you know, booths so you can go by and, you know, buy t-shirts of the flower. It's a, it's like an event that happens at Echo Park Lake. So I see yeah. this this tent. And I'm thinking, oh, that thing must be this weekend. <laughs> Cause I because <laughs> no. I lived right, I lived right near there and I love Echo Park Lake. I used to go sit there and have lunch and stuff. And I walked over and it's just these guys and they had like those plastic lawn chairs, those like new ones that are made out of plastic. And they're just sitting there. And I said, What's going on? And then I realized, oh my God, they're just like living here. And I thought for sure, for sure, some (laughs) cops. I thought for sure some cops are going to come and tell them they can't live there, and they never did. And then hundreds of people, (laughs) hundreds of people started living there, and it was insane. And and but it was supposedly humane. I don't know how humane to who is what my argument was. And then it got political, and then I just dropped dropped out of it. I don't care. It all became politics. Which to me it was just an addiction problem and a mental health problem and a community problem. Now families can't go to Echo Park Lake. That's a big problem uh, to me. It was because I yeah, my whole the- life had my whole life had been around Echo Park Lake. Elijah I used to play basketball right at the bottom of the lake. There's a basketball court there. We lived th- four blocks away. I, my mom used to when she was pregnant with me used to go in the boats there. Uh, on Sundays and go, you could get out of the convent she was in and they would go to Echo Park Lake and and boat around. And you could ride boats there. Yeah. And then now all of a sudden, these motherfuckers live in there. Now nobody wants to go there. You don't want your kid going there and playing. You don't want, you want nothing to do with it. So that's unfair to the families that live in Echo Park. And it's not really fair to the people living in the tents. Uh, you yeah, know, this, it's, free- this, uh, it's freezing cold, you
1: know, it, it's, it's, it's so criminal. I, I read so many different things, mostly on the, the posts out of Portland and out of Seattle because of how just crazy out of, out of hand things are, you know, and the call for, you know, government intervention because things are so out of control uh, up there.
0: But wait, one, one thing I want to say about Portland God bless those people if they want to live in tents in fucking Portland. It's like fucking 18 below zero sometimes. <laughs> like how can how can they be living on the street in Portland? Like I was in Portland on a on a warm winter day and it was your face feels like it's numb in like 15, 20 minutes. I can't imagine what it's like to live on the streets there. Yeah, the, the reason
1: the reason it fouls me up is because the people that are some some of the pro houseless people make some really good points and then i then i find myself you know what yeah, i'm just too far the, removed what, it. Yeah,
0: but there's way more beautiful places to live than downtown portland or echo park lake if yeah, you want yeah, to i understand i from understand there. like get a tent and go live in montana on a lake that'd be badass
1: <laughs> where are you That's gonna kinda, get your drugs yeah where's
2: your dope man in montana
0: well, I see, that's the thing where the, they never say that they're addicts. They never say that they have mental health problems. They never say these things. Um, right. Then there's but, nothing to steal. But, and- but you know, we, we, let's be honest, and I want to pick that up. So there's all these people right now that are dropping out and just, you know, they buy a Winnebago or a van and they're just traveling across the country and they go from one place to the other. There's I think that's cool. Go see the country. Don't just pitch a tent in Echo Park Lake and sit there and like
1: <laughs> smoke <laughs> meth all day long.
0: Like go, Even if you're going to smoke meth, go to Arizona, New Mexico, go out on a native reservation and howl at the moon, take some LSD. Like Go experience things.
2: Get some Don't nice clean sit. air with your meth.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. I'm not... I'm not judging doing drugs. I'm judging the hypocrisy of saying drugs aren't a factor in why these people are sleeping in tents in Echo Park Lake. That's just bullshit. It's yeah. drugs. but And I don't mind that you kind of wander around and take drugs. Like go to Burning Man, go go up to Utah. Like I've I've done it all. There's not one part of this country I haven't taken drugs in. It's all fucking great. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, me, me and Mike Smart went to... We were, we were, like, the only sponsor was on tour, and uh, I think it was Rob Graves or Chris Hansen's idea too. So we were in Sacramento, which I don't really want a day off in Sacramento. Nothing against my brothers and sisters from Sacramento. But, you know, a day <laughs> off in San Francisco, day off in San Francisco would be way better than a day off in Sacramento. So we're just kind of gagging, coming down the five, and it, we're at Lake, Mount Sh- Lake Shasta. And, and somehow we went and rented a houseboat And we were boating around on Lake Shasta and getting drunk. And then somebody had some LSD and took LSD and were drinking beer and and swimming in Lake Shasta on this. And we were all on this houseboat. It was fucking great. We weren't in a park where little kids should be playing and like just like (laughs) sitting there, sitting there in lawn chairs, like acting like this is my house. Like, fuck you, get out of here. Go up to Lake Shasta and rent one of those houseboats. It wasn't that much either. it was like eight of us. So it was like everybody pitching 20 bucks and we got a houseboat for the day and rode around on Lake Shasta. I think Dix and Mike were trying to fish. That was stupid. I don't understand <laughs> fishing. <laughs> I understand. I understand taking acid and getting drunk and jumping off the top deck and get and swimming in the water. But like sitting there like with a fishing pole like you know mike and his fishing it's just like i don't get it <laughs> well because you're
1: not a fisher person
0: <laughs> yeah uh, elvis is a fisherman i, I don't get it i, I go because i want to be a good dad but it's just like rarely catch anything you know that <laughs> like, you rarely catch anything and when you do what's the worst thing about fishing chuck you're sitting there for two hours you get little nibbles and they get your bait or whatever. Then finally you get a fish and you're reeling it in, and right near the fucking edge, it gets off the hook and j- swims away. That is oh, just I, the I, worst. I, I, I was
1: gonna say you got to kill it. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I am like eating
0: fish. I just I, like I always want to get it up in the in the net in the in the you know like how the fishermen do in the movie. The what was that movie about? Uh, river runs through it or whatever. What was that movie? You know that that kind of outdoors one with the boots on and you got a fish on Fly line fishing you, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: Elvis, Elvis loves being out on the water and just being quiet and and
0: patient, yeah, he does. I don't know That's what it wild. is, yeah, we went we've been everywhere we've never he's caught things, but I haven't I'm not you know. I really did. If it sits there like three minutes, I'm like, well, there's no fucking fish biting on this. I reel it back in, and it's got a bunch of moss on it, and it's fucked up. <laughs> we even went to a – they have a stocked pond right near the – it's so gross. It's like a cement stocked pond. It's huge. It's not a pond. It's like a lake right at the 91 and 55 freeway. Do you know this, Chuck? There's yeah, a huge-
1: a- Anaheim Lake.
0: Yeah, and they charge you like sixty bucks, and you're guaranteed to catch fish or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> Did you catch fish? No, no, <laughs> it, it, no, I don't. I don't. I don't have the patience for it. But, own own um, know,
1: that's part of the retarding basins there, where they pull the water out of the.
0: Influx. No, it's Is like that... a for-profit place, right? It's like a, right, you have but... to pay a bunch of money to get in there. Yeah. And then you got to pay for. You know the place I'm talking about? Have you been? I there? do. Yeah.
1: Have you? No, I've have never you caught fish there. I've never fished there, but my my first home group was right there on Miller Street at the fifty five ninety one.
0: Yeah, uh, fifty seven. It, yeah. it was it's fun to just go out and watch the sun go down or whatever. Yeah, but know, anyways, you know. I'm really against this when you think about like uh, all the all the miraculous kind of cures for things, and that it doesn't fit the chronic disease model in America. You know, you start to believe in a conspiracy. I believe there's a conspiracy. I believe that um, the American healthcare system without a bunch of sick people wouldn't be profitable. I mean, honestly, so they're Mm -hmm. counting on people being sick and we are the sickest society in the world because of the way we eat and the way we get depressed. You know, know, there's more people on psychotropic drugs in America than in the rest of the world put together. How Mm -hmm. about that? So, How more, about money, more, more, more money more problems more money more problems well but i mean i don't think yeah you if you're if you're in sub-saharan africa do you have time to worry about your poo-butt problems and your anxiety and all no. that no no know, but it's like, also the same
1: thing the people that you know that are creative types that uh think a lot or are they live an alternative lifestyle have a lot <laughs> more time to think about things like the heart attack guns or the uh um conspiracies where people like the average joe humping it day to day is just trying to make a dollar keep their family fed doesn't have time to engage in all that stuff the weather machines
0: right but but i think social media now is hooking those people into getting angry about their plot plot in life and then you know the red team's gonna gonna stand up for them this is the craziest thing a lot of millennials haven't lived long enough. That's, that's for sure. Let's just be clear. So I've lived long enough to know that the, the bone marrow, the DNA of the Republican party is a bunch of rich old white guys. For sure it is. So it's there. That's a, that's a fundamental kind of thing. Bill Clinton said a great thing. And you know, a lot of people hate him or think he eats babies. I kind of like him. Uh, What, he, um, what kind of babies, though, is the so, question? Well, the the, the they like pizza, the ones that like pizza, apparently. Okay. Well,
1: um, pizza fed babies are delicious.
0: Yeah. So, so get this. So, he's asking a friend of mine to play a concert. And the guy's apolitical and doesn't give a fuck. He's like, nah, you know, I don't know. Um, and it was for good causes, like in, uh, uh, it, was, uh, it was like 20 years ago to um, play a concert, all the bands around the world. In the kind of neutral territory between Gaza and Israel, kind of where those murders were, I think, um, and like you two and all the bands and come there and play and it'd be free for the young Palestinian and young Israeli kids to enjoy a concert together, and that would be a good thing, right? And it sounds good on paper, but it's also kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, it never it never happened, but it was talked about for a long time. So. This friend of mine, this musician, confronts Clinton and goes, You know what? Like, I don't, I'm not political. I don't, I don't, I believe you're all full of shit. And Clinton doesn't miss a beat and says, I understand that people think that. And I think that sometimes, you know, and, and I, I totally respect that. And uh, politics is nasty business. He goes, But in the end, I just see it like this Democrats care a little bit about people. And Republicans don't care at all. <laughs> 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 just to say that so honestly, like Democrats care a little bit, just a teeny bit about just, people, about that's folks, all it about takes folks. To be, just to a teeny <laughs> <the scale>. bit. <laughs> that's all it takes. And Republicans don't care at all. I just love that. I've kind of lived I, by that.
1: I've kind of lived by that. I, I think that the, the political... Uh, the system they they take care of their own whatever their own is and I do see the people that are more successful financially having more things having more uh, money and things they they tend to be Republican and, and well that's about
0: I think that's all based on taxes so at this point everybody pays like pretty much ridiculous amount of taxes. Rich people pay a ridiculous amount. Poor people pay it. Poor people. Anybody that makes under $100,000 a year shouldn't have to pay taxes in California. You can't even live. I right? think we're the most highly taxed. Yeah. Right. But but what I'm saying is, so everybody's overtaxed. Why does some be on the blue team and don't mind it? And some are on the red team and it's just the worst thing in the world. I have a couple of brother-in-laws. It's all they ever talked about. Goddamn taxes, the fucking government. Taking my money and giving it the way to people who don't want to work and all that, and I was like, they only really take like seven percent more of your money than they do of mine, and you've got a ton of money. You know what I mean? So when you get down to the tax brackets, like tr- that—that's the standard bearer that you got to lower taxes if you're a Republican, and then you've honored their team. And with Democrats, you got to um, do a bunch of good stuff. Gotta, gotta well, do, it'd be, it'd be, raising, be great if I, if, I, if I saw the good stuff happen. That would be wonderful. I can't
1: believe we can't get schools and healthcare under control.
0: Well, yeah, I, health don't, I don't, don't understand. I, I schools, you have, a choice <laughs> a, you have a choice with the schools. You got to, you know, I know people that move to this area so their kids can go to Elvis's school. That's parents who care about their kids' education, Right. They don't. They don't want their kid going to bullshit cookie cut standard LS, LAUSD school. And so they they purposely people move from Woodier people people move from San Bernardino. They're looking for a, houses and apartments around the school. Their kids already go to the school and they commute. They're just looking to move here just because this school is so amazing. Okay. Now why so is there one. not more amazing right. schools? Would be the question,
1: right? Right. That's the question. That's what I'm asking is that if if, there, if something is as important as educating and making well, if it's not just going to be training children to work, which it, it obviously hasn't, because uh, <laughs> le- less people work now than ever, somewhere that got lost in the mix. I thought they were training us to be factory workers, you know, the punch in, right. the punch out, and the homework is overtime for no pay. You know, I think think now
0: they, I mean, I got a lot of opinions about it, but some are outrageous and some are, are very well founded. I think what I I do believe it's an indoctrination into a certain belief system. Right. And, and it's a belief system that is naive about the human condition. That's all I can say in a general way. Right. Yeah. So, So, and I used to have these arguments with Tom Morello back in the day before Rage Against the Machine was such a big band. He was in a band called Lock Up, and he's a big Politico talker and he went to Harvard and everything. And I would just say, like, yeah, I mean, I don't think people are evil, but I do think they are selfish and greedy right? So, Mm -hmm. so what the, what the kind of the liberal slant on everything is like, even the Sandinistas and just, if you gave the power to the people, everything would be okay. Like, I don't believe that. I don't. I believe that power power is the thing that makes all these assholes the same. How do we have, how do we have divided kind of most balanced power? And that's what the United States was supposed to be that the judicial branch would have a lot of power, the executive branch would have a lot of power and the legislative branch would have a lot of power and they would battle it and a better society would come out in the long run if there was three powers rather than just one ultimate authority which is what Donald Trump and a lot of people like to embrace like if, if everything was just executive power right everything would be okay the thing about this kind of authoritarian streak that's in America is they want the authoritarianism, the absolute power of the presidency when their team is in, but they don't want it when the other team yeah, is in. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. So so, so it, goes, uh, it all goes to hell. Uh, and then the other yeah. team, the good team gets in, it all goes to hell. And they never say that the other team did any good while they had power, right? Because there's mm-hmm. more executive power now than ever before. Um but you're seeing the judicial has a lot of power, um, and legislative is the one thing that has no power. They're all so stupid. You must have to have a below <laughs> – there must be a prerequisite. You have to have a below 100 IQ to be in Congress or Senate at this point. Either be either have to be, have to be uh, under 100 IQ or over 80 years old.
2: They did it for the police force. Why not do it for
1: politicians? Maybe yeah, maybe yeah, it's yeah. an eighty, maybe it's just a straight 80 over under yeah, IQ
0: under 80, 80, 80 over, or age 80. over 80. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's yeah, because they're not they're not governing. So executive is governing, judicial is governing. But anyways, that's my belief is that we do have the best system even like you have to be really self-aware like i was the king of rehab it was hard not to be an asshole if everybody thinks you're the smartest guy in the world right right in your world and and buddy arnold helped me understand it. like you know think about what you're claiming to be an expert on because you better not have anybody die you better not have any any but you know if you're going to claim that you know how to run a rehab better than anybody your rehab should be more successful than everybody else's and in fact it wasn't (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. they're all about the same they're all like who knows how many people get sober out of a rehab in a year but i generally think it's about 10 percent. does that sound right to you chuck i don't even know if that
1: much depends on the flow right because right now i'm seeing a lot of people come in and stay sober for at least the three to four months, and then they're going back to wherever they're from <laughs> without relapsing in that. But there's a big difference in the population that I've been seeing compared to the rehab professionals, the frequent
0: flyers that I had before where there was like a 0%. I'm just using an average. I think Aloe or House, whatever, I think we have an incredible high success rate with full grown adults. I, I, I'm not even kidding. I think it's like 30%. I think if you're a full grown, high functioning adult, the way that we educate you, help you, the way the program is designed, the way that we see the 12 step program, the way that we see mm-hmm. the therapeutic value, it's, it's very successful with full grown, fully functioning adults. And then you have to offset that with the kids that have been to a million rehabs that don't really want mm-hmm. to be there and are just jacking around. That they're at what would you they're at zero percent. <laughs> so <if> yeah. <you> <laughs> like so point 30, point five percent.05 <laughs> yeah. oh so like we a have, non-alcoholic beer. We have, say one out of three adults succeeds and zero out of three, uh, twenty fives. <laughs> <No>. under 25. <25s, laughs> <under 25s, laughs> then you've just got that 25 to adulthood crowd. And, and somehow I think it averages out to like 10 or 15%. I really do my crazy Bob logic, but I really do believe it runs about 10%. And I think it runs at about 10% of cry help. And I think it runs about 10% at wavelengths. I think it runs about 10, anywhere from 10 to 20% on any, cause I like to take annual snapshots. Everybody loves to take monthly snapshots. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it doesn't matter, like, until they're out for, like, four months. I was picking Elvis up and driving home just before we got on here. A guy ran him out out of the blue, Bruce from Pasadena. That's what it says on my phone. Bruce from Pasadena called. He said, Bob, it's Bruce. I said, I know. It's on my phone. I haven't talked to you in so long. And he said, it's been 15 years. Like I went to his house on the Rose Parade like 15 years ago. He lives in Pasadena. Bruce from Pasadena. Ah. He got sober at Los Encinas with me. That was 20 years ago this year. And this is like, you know, and I have that all the time. The guy, Pat, that lives around the corner from me in Claremont's been sober the whole time. People people do get sober in rehab. Yes. Right? But... The majority of the population that's going to rehab is not that population. Is that safe to say? Right. Well,
1: you're talking about someone who's in contemplation state of change. They understand they're there because they they know that they want to quit. They're willing to do something about it. They don't, you know they they get on and they jump in and they they do it. Same way when people go to twelve step, you know, people go twelve step doesn't work. Well, yeah, if you show up late and don't go in or you. You don't do anything that's put in front of you to do. It's
0: not going to change anything. Gloria used to say, say, AA doesn't work if you're always looking at the differences. Right? That's true. So most of the kids go in there looking for the things that they don't agree with. That's how I was until I was like 35 when I was desperate to find things that I did agree with. But from like 27 to 35, I was always going in there like waiting to hear something that I didn't agree with. Waiting to to have somebody treat me the or so that I could say they're all assholes. Now, I remember one time I had, cause you know, I did go in and out for a long time. I don't know if you're aware of this, Chuck. I, I had Very, a long yeah. history of yeah. what's called relapse. Right. <laughs> I've heard yeah. of that. So, so people got sick of me, which mm-hmm. I, I would, I would get, I've gotten sick of me too. So I'm at 3rd and Gardner, this great meeting that the Northridge earthquake destroyed the building. But it was the greatest meeting in L.A. It was Sunday mornings, 1130 to 1. It was just the greatest. It was like center of Hollywood AA. And I'm walking up, and um, I see my friend Michael. And I've known him my whole adult life. I've known him since I was 17 years old. And he's been sober like 10 years. And he tried to help me so many times. So I come walking up. And I see him, and I say, "Hey, Michael." And he goes, "Hey, Bob." And I, I was like, "I have 13 days." And he goes, "Bob, you always have 13 days." <laughs> <laughs> Just like yeah. that. Not now. How I heard it, and how I repeated it to people afterwards, he said, "Fuck you, Bob. You always have 13 days." Oh, yeah. He did not. He did not say "fuck you." He didn't. He, goes, fuck you. he laughed. <laughs> He, he, he said, Bob, you always have 13 days or 11 days or like, you know, what do you want? A fucking parade? <laughs> so I took that. I didn't go inside the meeting. How dare he? How dare he, Chuck? What kind of compassionate AA program is this? This Where's is bullshit. Yep. So I left and yeah. got high, of course, because you you why wouldn't
1: I? Yeah, and it's his fault. It's oh
0: absolutely it's not even fault. your fault. That's and I mean you, I, I so, so you years saw him later, about two
2: weeks later at a meeting and you had about thirteen days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
0: then no, but then years later <laughs> yeah. years later, um, he was having some health issues and I was helping him and we, we got to talking every day all the time. And I told him about that thing. I said, You said fuck you, Bob, you always have thirteen days. And he said, I did not say fuck you. I did not. I did probably say, you always have 13 days. Was that untrue? Is that statement untrue? <laughs> 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 no, it's not untrue. And, but he was adamant. I didn't say, fuck you. I wouldn't I love you, Bob. I never would have said, fuck you. But that's what I heard. I heard, fuck you. You always have 13 days. And I think I recalled it for five years that Michael said, fuck you, you always have 13 days. He did not say, fuck you. I'm correcting, I'm amending. He just said, Bob, you always have 13 days.
1: No, I, I do love it when clients will go to a meeting and they'll come back. And when they're going to meetings in the local area, and I'll know who they're talking about. And, and I know what the people say, because you know there are those people that say the same shit all the time. Yep it's their take on it it's their their perspective their framing of it and they do i mean that's the thing we're supposed to look for the similarities if something rubs you the wrong way i shake it off but if you don't want to if you don't want to stay clean if you don't want to be sober there's plenty of reasons not to go to meetings and there's plenty of fucked up people in it well but i always think
0: that if you're going that's kind of a good sign even if you leave and go get high at least you went there's yeah. a whole swath of millennials that have come through my rehab that never went, they will never go. And they have never gone based because, on what they've heard. And yeah, yeah. But, based on yeah. the because they don't have to, they're not, they don't have the gift of desperation. That's a yeah. good used to always say, may you, may you be given the gift of desperation. And I was like, what does that even fucking mean? And then I knew, <laughs> and then I knew what it meant. Oh Yeah. I, and you can't you can't create that for someone else you can't i i remember when i the i had my first day sober i thought i'm not going to be say sober today i i was so desperate and so programmed to believe that i was going to fail and i just i didn't drink that day um um, March 16th, 1996. I didn't drink. I planned to drink. I wasn't going to go back to heroin. I'd gotten out of jail. I wasn't going to do drugs anymore, but I was, I just couldn't imagine that I was not going to drink. And I was so desperate to like get in a better place in life. And I just didn't go drink. My I was staying at my sister Jane's house and she went to go to the grocery store and I knew I had like 40 minutes to run to the liquor store and get a half pint of peppermint schnapps. And I didn't do it. I just sat there and watched TV. Right? And I was so convinced I was going to get drunk. And then I thought, well, I'll make an excuse. I'll have her drive me to some phony AA meeting in Woodier, and then I'll sneak off and get high and maybe go back to Hollywood. And I didn't do it. I just stayed out on the back patio smoking cigarettes and talking to my brother-in-law. Um, and I went to sleep. And I woke up the next day and I had I had one I had made it through a day sober. And I hadn't had a day sober for like eight, nine months. Miracle that sobriety is, it's just desperation. You're broken and you just want relief from the suffering. And you know, just because you're strung out, that's that's not it. Just you know, because I mean, you're just because you're because, just cause just because you don't have, you have a place a habit. to live. Just because you don't have a place to live, that's not it. Just because somebody leaves you, it's not it. Just because you lose your job, that's not it. It can be it for certain people, but not not a lot of people the lucky, get
2: so The lucky ones have a bad breakup. Well,
0: not- I, I always think that they're not really addicts. Yeah. You know, and that's why. Here's our commercial. That's why DNA for Addiction will solve all these problems. DNA for Addiction. Go to dnaforaddiction.com and get your test to see if you really are an addict. Oh, yeah. Now, the first time ever out of labs and science experiments at UCLA you can know whether you are genetically predisposed to addiction, dna for addiction.com. There's a commercial for my new product. So, <laughs> so no, but I really believe that those people that got sober because their, you know, their girlfriend left them or boyfriend left them or whatever. I think that they're going to take the test and they're not going to be addicts. And, and I don't know what I've been thinking about that, Chuck. So if AA works for you, does it really matter whether you're an alcoholic or not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Chuck, no, it doesn't it doesn't but i i, I think that that whole thing it, i'm very interested in that thing because i think it's it's good it's but good watch. knowledge but here's another it,
0: thing i don't think if you're positive you're going to get one of these bratty gen zers or millennials to go to aa wholeheartedly i don't think that's no, gonna no. end up so, no if you so told i gotta me that, measure i want to measure the morality of it so if 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 people who are sober, who like Elijah's suggesting, it was easy for them to get sober the first time they had a rough patch, they went to AA and they've been sober ever since, if they find out they're not genetically predisposed to addiction or alcoholism, that they're not what I would say real alcoholics, is that going to be a mind fuck for them? It shouldn't if they love the AA lifestyle and they believe in it and it's their religion. They shouldn't be affected by not being an addict. In fact, they should not even want to know. But for me, I just want to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because I am not the biggest lover of twelve steps, and if I'm not, then I know that there is a therapeutic solution. There's a behavior mod solution. There's a if I test and I I am not predisposed, I'm not going to AA you just, I'm not. it was just, <laughs> not.
2: it was just nurture. Was it nature? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, just
0: yeah. Where, yeah, yeah. where you were
1: hanging out
0: years. with. <laughs> no, I was, <laughs> an nope. I, was an, dude, I was at an AA meeting, I was at an AA meeting like three, two weeks ago in the desert. And just listening to people complain about their cats, it's just like that's not the purpose of coming here.
1: That's like, not an AA meeting, yeah, it's well. Cats Anonymous. So
0: it was I went to we a are not, today, it was today, we are not making a lot know, it's of just friends like, this on what the show. what they're doing what, and i, I didn't nice even date. talk i just i was glad to be there i need to be in a meeting or whatever but uh, yeah. i just felt like these people have no idea what this whole thing is about you don't come here and just talk about everyday life's problems because when i ever whenever i hear somebody talking about a problem and it's not making them suicidal or want to drink or whatever um, I just think everybody has those problems. Everybody has a kid who, the teenager that's driving them nuts. Everybody has a cat that died. Everybody, everybody has that. Not just alcoholics, but no, you know what I'm saying. That's human. Chuck?
1: Those, are, those
0: are the human conditions that come with being a human. What is checking in to you, Chuck? Because repeatedly <laughs> I, I, they said I don't well, check I just, in. I just need to check in. Check in. Well, you what know, does it mean? I, I, I think,
1: you know what, for me, when I get down to my home group or when I get on my, my one zoom meeting, I do two meetings a week. Usually I'm checking in on the people I care about, see how they're going. When we talk about, and it's not even what Don't happens you, during do the you meeting.
0: Need, th- my point is, do I, do you need an AA meeting to check your self-awareness to check where you're at? I think no. it's narcissistic bullshit. They just want to go no. somewhere where people will listen to them.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, especially when I, people have time so they can beat their chest and say look how much time i have
0: i know how i i, how I behave with the kids and how i behave in life and how i be- behave whether i'm fucked up or not i you don't need i don't need to share it with strangers and then just sit there and nobody gives me feedback like what does that mean so you know um, just checking in. I'm going through a lot with my ex and custody. This guy went on about custody of his kid. And I was like, it just sounds like you don't, so wh- you don't wh- what was the you don't solution? self-awareness. There was well, no solution. To- well, then it wasn't an AA meeting. Well, no. He said that the wrap-up with a bow, like he's sober, but he's sober. And so that gives him another chance at being a better dad. And blah, blah, blah. Like, how about this? I wish I could give feedback. Don't be an asshole to your ex-wife. How about that? Just don't be an asshole.
2: You got to go to the cross talk meetings. E-
0: even though you <laughs> should be able to. Even though you want to.
2: I went to a meeting today at my clubhouse that I go to all the time and it was not inspired at all. The lead for me. Didn't was there a anything. lot of check-ins? There was a there lot people of checking, checking in? With a lot of
1: time.
2: <laughs> there was a lot of you know, the cliches getting stated by guys that are my friends, just saying the cliches and go, I'm just checking in. And, you know, it's I'm just part of the miracle of this program. Let They're me do this. Let me do it And then there people. were like four guys who were new, who had less than 30 days, who were desperate and, and horrified and reminded me why I was there. And especially part of it for me was that I, once I got about 10 minutes in the meeting, I was like, oh, this is going to be a terrible meeting. That I didn't want to be there. And that I stuck it out is, is part of
0: well, that, whatever, what I need. What my helps, narcissism what, oh, gets Hold on. That's what helps you. But here's the thing. We say in every meeting, the newcomer is the most important. Those people that are just checking in, that are goofy, they, they, their problems they think they have are and how common they are to all of humanity on the face of the earth. They're supposed to be examples to the four new guys and if if you're the you guys guys are there (laughs) but i i'm always conscious well i'm conscious of two things whenever i share that i've been around a long time and that people expect me to like know something so i always make a point that i don't know anything right it's important to make that point they think you know something and then they hate you for thinking they know that you know something right you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) like so so I would say, you know, I've been around here a long time and I go back and forth and I don't know whether it helps or doesn't help. That's what I shared that, like in Palm Desert. Like, I don't know, but I just keep doing it and my life is great and I haven't drank for so long. And I don't you know, some days I think I know everything about it and why it works and what's great about it and how it helped me and how to do it. And other days like today, like I have no idea, I'm just... I just knew there was a meeting. I thought I felt like I should go to a meeting, and I came here and whatever. And I what I'm really sharing at is those check-in people. This is how you're supposed to share, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
2: minute, minute humility, thirty.
0: Humility, humility. You know, like like helpful to the newcomer, whatever. So, yeah. anyways, we're gonna. We cannot be limited by your free Zoom times, Elijah. We gotta get Mike
2: Martin's computer back.
0: (laughs) Where? Well, we go. I'll tell you the the whole story. We gotta get the program.
2: I'm getting it back tomorrow. All right, be good. Perfect.
0: So that's it. Uh, I. I went. Th- I guess the best part of this, I went to an AAM meeting this last week. I went. I went of my own free will by myself. Nobody pushed and me to go. I wasn't mean. You brought
1: something positive to it, so you might. I was. A I was, was counter
0: sharing to the check-in assholes, Chuck. I'm always doing the wrong thing, but I did. <laughs> I did. I did the right thing for the wrong reason. <laughs> and then, okay. and then Wait, the just, most hated just, thing. And I'll leave you with this: the most hated thing one of those new guys asked me to sponsor him i was like oh i don't live here in the desert all the time i don't know much i don't know if i could i don't know if i don't live here i can't do it all right good night everybody good night Uh, (laughs) you can't turn down an AA request all right right, (laughs) bye-bye